it's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James, and by my side, as always, is that B-A-double-D-A-double crooked letter, badass Billy Gut. Together we are the New Age Outlaws, and you're listening to the VOC Nation. And if you ain't down with that, he's got two words for you. Suck it. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, who you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer, the Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact, Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, former WWE and TNA star, Shelly Martinez, and former Philly radio personality, Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling With History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern, and of course, In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum, The Maestro. And by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOCNation. It's Tuesday, it's 3 o'clock, and you know what that means. Time for Shelly Live with your hostess with the mostest, Shelly from Cali on VOCNation.com. Woo-hoo! What is going on, lovely people out there? Hola, 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 hola. Hope you're doing all right. It's Tuesday, day two into the work week. How are you guys hanging? Doing all right? I had a long-ass weekend. Not that it's a bad thing, but there were some challenging moments in there for sure. Oh, my goodness. On Friday, I had a custom shoot and uh, for Mark's World Order, and it went well. It was all the way in Orange County, which is on way on the other side, uh, on the, the other neck of the woods, as my grandma would say, on the other neck of the woods. And after that, I came home for about like an hour or so. And then there's this town called Hesperia. Hesperia is like two hours without traffic. (laughs) And um, after that, I had an appointment over there in Hesperia, so I had to go tend to that. And, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, okay, Mine and Danielle's dad died in a car accident when I was 18, or about to be 18, like a month, like two months before my 18th birthday, and a month before Danielle's ninth birthday. So, after my dad passed away, I really, I started developing my death anxiety in like a totally different way than ever before. Because I already had it up until that point, but it was just different. It was a different dimension, if you will. And being that it was in a car accident and then gave me the fear of a car accident can happen at any time. But what's really interesting is even though it effed me up, Danielle as well, it wasn't until I got older I started getting more and more anxiety about driving, which just doesn't help. <laughs> I I almost wonder if it was one of those things where, okay, yeah, it did add anxiety to my life, right? But when I was younger, you just really, 
even though I was always so obsessed with like, oh, you know, death and all that crap that just haunts me in my El Guapo. It wasn't until I was under, uh, older it really got to that I feel like that's when I realized my mortality. You know what I mean? I guess I've always been aware of it. Duh, some vampire lives forever. But it just drives me nuts how back in the day I would drive all the way from Ontario, California to Salinas, California, which is quite the drive. It's all the way up north. They got some lovely wines out there. Um, and to roll this on the way to there. And I wasn't even a drinker at the time. So at that time, I would drive all the way to Selena in Northern California because I had this weird long-distance ex-boyfriend. And then when I was out of high school, I went to college for a little bit. And then I started working in Orange County. And there's a town called Costa Mesa, which is pretty close to Newport Beach. And I thought it was a good idea for me to be a receptionist over there for some online companies. And that was quite the journey. Every single day of living in Ontario, I would drive all the way to Costa Mesa, Monday through Friday. And on the way home, I would stop at Disneyland to go on a ride or two to wait out the traffic. So there's all these times I would be so crazy and just drive. I mean, hello, I drove from Kentucky back to California after I got the can from WWE, or got canned. <laughs> Can't talk. I haven't talked to anybody in a really long time, so bear with me. So I cannot stand that I have so much driving anxiety. When I drove to Hesperia, first of all, I wanted to make sure I was the one driving, and where my appointment was was so in the sticks. It was in this town. It wasn't even in Hesperia. It's right next to Hesperia. I don't even know how to pronounce it. It's a very tiny town. That's where I had to go. And it ended up being to where because the traffic ended up getting us. We got there late. And it was super dark. As soon as I was getting closer to where I needed to go, it was like dirt roads. It was crazy. And at one point, I thought I was driving us off a cliff. I was like, there's no way that's where I'm supposed to go down, down that dirt hill in this car. Thank goodness I rented a car because uh, I, up until then, um, needed to rent a car to go to my Orange County gig for Parks World Order because my car had been messing up and I had to get a part replaced and it wasn't going to come until after the fact. So I'm really grateful that I had a rental car because my PT, I mean, it's a stick shift. I would have been, oh, I would have just been messing up the clutch. It just would have been bad. But I did it. And something that I keep keeping in mind is one of my online friends, Brittany Ferlin, she's a influencer. Um, you know, she's awesome. She's to be huge online. I'm not familiar with her. But something that she talks about a lot is overcoming her fears um, that she has and her anxiety. And the best way it is is just do it, you know. She always wants her husband with her when she's driving because she feels more comfortable. So now she's trying to drive on her own more. So that comfort isn't there. It exposes therapy. So that's how I looked into it, looked at it on Friday. So when I came back home, thank goodness, the traffic was not bad. So... 
you know, whatever, and um, just really taking in everything that um, happened at my appointment. I'll talk about it on my YouTube video later today, youtube.com forward, Charlene Martinez channel. So I was really taking in everything because it was a life-changing conversation. And um, so there was a lot. And so on Saturday, I really took the day to just really regroup, um, absorb everything, you know, adjust. And then on Sunday, I had a photo shoot with Danielle. Um, we rented out a studio that I actually went with Jen Thomas, uh, Katarina Waters, and Danielle. We went there the Sunday before and shot just a bunch of stuff for like our social media, our website, whatever. And I didn't get as much as I wanted to that day. So I wanted to go back. I went back with Danielle and we had awesome like photos and videos. Like the content's awesome. I can't wait to share it with everyone. I already post my Model Monday gallery on my secret society, ShellySecretSociety.com. And I am really proud of the photos. I did some custom orders as well. And there's one dude, he likes light bondage, not even crazy bondage, just light bondage. And I did some photos for him. And I am just so effing proud of them. Like, oh, I'm just like, dude, yes. Like, the way my content has been coming out lately in the last few months, really looks like how when I work with some of my favorite photographers, what they give me. And I used to always think that they had to shoot me because they understood the lighting. They understood the camera. They understood Photoshop. And me, I just, I'm self-taught, you know. So I always kind of felt like in the back of my head that I needed to shoot with these certain photographers to get these high-quality content. And that's just not true. Here I am just doing it my damn self. Effing right. <laughs> All right, you guys. Today is the day. Yay. I finally got that Ashley Graham interview that I did. I have my co-host with me, Danielle. She joined on in. Now, this was a couple weekends ago. So it wasn't too long ago, but, it, you know, wasn't yesterday. But um, we had so much fun when Ashley came over you know, we just ease into things. We had some snacks. We had some drinks. Danielle did her hair. Uh, we took some photos. And we just, like, vibed, you know, before we got started. And then we just turned on the recorder. And pardon the roughness of some of the audio issues And this. This is the first time I was using three new mics, <laughs> three different mics, um, and my switchboard and a new recording device. So I'm really trying to up my game over here and have some semi-fancy stuff. And I was trying to figure it out. So next time I will be uh, doing it again will be probably in a few weeks. So hopefully I'll be able to work out the kinks before then. Sorry for the roughness and everything. And I, I don't know. The way I control my switchboard here for Shelly Live on the VOC Nation is I have a switchboard that I log into. And I'm really afraid to mess it up to where I wanted to play like part of the interview and then push pause, talk with you guys a little bit, push play, continue. But I'm afraid that that might lead to disaster. So 
I'm going to go ahead and put the interview on. It's about an hour long, and I will be live tweeting with you guys while we're listening together. I did review it a couple hours ago, if you saw me on Twitter, and I was talking, kind of giving little fillers out there, like you don't want to miss it. It's a really good episode, because to me, it's the perfect vibe of the kind of content I want on a podcast, which is you're just, you feel like you're just listening to people, you're that fly on the wall, and you're hanging out, you know? You're just, it's like kind of just getting a sneak peek into other people's lives, but with like that backstage path, you know what I mean? Hearing the little tidbits that maybe you wouldn't normally hear. I really enjoyed the interview. I know you will too. So let's get right into it. But before we do... Let me go to a commercial break. So at least get one commercial in before I start in the fun. You guys ready? Are you with me? Tweet me and let me know, and I will be taking your calls after the interview. And in case you want to know that number now, that is 657-383-1666. Again, that's 657-383-1666. All right. I'll be right back with my interview with Ashley Graham. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts also include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Prisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling With History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, and In The Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. Both shows take callers live during the show, and recent guests have included... General Adnan, Tito Santana, Haku, Earl Hebner, Dangerous Danny Davis, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Brodus Clay, and so many more. Archive-free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter, at VOC Nation. All right, here we are on Saturday, Shabbat Shalom. And um, here we are with a guest, the one, the only, Miss Ashley Graham. Hi, guys. And not only that, but I have another treat for you guys. I have the one, the only, the Green Venus 10, Danielle Martinez. Green Venus 10 in the house and super excited to be here. <sighs> Life is interesting and now I'm finally back and hopefully back for good, baby. There you have it. So we are testing out today um, our little setup, new setup here. And we have a mixer, we have new microphones, so bear with us. We might be going through some technical difficulties here, but nonetheless... Um, 
last week I had Jen Thomas here and I talked about how I just really wanted to continue opening up the discussion of custom wrestling, fetish world, and uh, session wrestling. So that's when I was like, you know, there's somebody that I met along my custom journey and that's how I met Ashley. I met her at a shoot and after I met her, I was just like, you know what? I love this chick. I vibe with her. And then I kept seeing her over and over and over. And we've developed a friendship. So I thought, why not have her here on Shelly Live to talk about her journey? So welcome. Ashley, thank you so much for being a part of this. Hi. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I was playing HQ trivia. Are you, I so you're over here on the, the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Shelly Live, and you're playing games on your phone? Put your you phone down. Me. Put your phone down. <laughs> Ashley, how are you today? I'm good. I mean, I can't complain. So, you are a fetish model. Yes. You are a custom wrestler. Do you do sessions too? I do sessions here and there if I get asked to. Not a lot lately because of the weird COVID. So, I'm like, it's a weird thing. Like, am I allowed to? Am I not allowed to? It's a gray line. Should I? A gray line? No. It's like a weird line. I'm like, I don't know, guys. So, okay, you're from Southern California, correct? I am. Okay, so where did you grow up? I grew up in Vista, but no one's going to know where that is. So, San Diego. <laughs> the San Diego area, adjacent. San Diego area. <laughs> it's almost Orange County. We're right on that line. Yeah, totally. So, um, how did you become involved into the fetish world? I was living in D.C. when I was going to college, and I was working as a uh, I put that one, I, a high-end dog and cat pet store. Okay. And some guy walked in, and he kept coming in, and he had been in a lot, couple times. Really cute dog. And he was like, have you heard about this website called Model Mayhem? And I was like, well, no. He said, well, I think you're really pretty, and you should sign up. So I did. And then I refused to get naked. Which is actually how I met my best friend, who's a photographer. And he kept telling me to shoot me, but I had to take my clothes off. I kept telling him what an asshole and dirty pervert he was. He shot fashion nudes and fashion, and he was correct. You can't get naked. You can't make money modeling unless you take your clothes off on five two. <laughs> so after about six months, I said, "Fine, I'll take my fucking clothes off." Where I met Mosh, who isn't like a fetish model on like the clips for sale stuff, but she's. A really big fetish model, more fashion-y side of it. And I kept doing that and shooting with him. And I met my best friend, and she was like, hey, so they'll pay you more, and you'll have more work if you get tied up. And I was like, all right, I'll try it. I ended up doing that for a while, and then suddenly there was a whole lot more fetishes and a whole lot more different things. So I kept doing that, and I eventually moved to L.A. because I had a browser's contract, and... There was wrestling fetish and wet and messy fetish, and I just kept going with all of it. So, real quick, I'm sorry, Jane, I saw you. <laughs> I saw that. There. But, um, so when you went from I don't want to do naked to just finally doing it, can you tell us about that? It was more nerve-wracking than anything. My family's super, super, like, not religious or anything, but they're like... I'm still pretty sure my dad has lost all hope in me. He thought I was going to be a doctor, a journalist for the New York Times, you know. Maybe one of those people on Fox News. It didn't happen. Maybe a vet. I don't know, but it didn't happen. It just wasn't in the cards. 
So when I did, it was actually, the only nerve-wracking part about it was the fact that I was stuck in a room with a model who was mosh. Like, nice way to break the ice. We're just going to put her with one of the top models, and she's going to come in and do her hair and makeup. She's putting all these huge fashion magazines. And actually, it's going to be brand new. I look like a deer in the fucking headlights. My tan is so bad. I have a bleached blonde hair. And I'm not talking, like, kind of bleached blonde. I'm talking, like, platinum blonde, like... My dad owns a bunch of the stuff now because I did art modeling to start with. So, like, he owns a bunch of the books and is happy with it now. But Okay, sorry about that. Go ahead. <laughs> um, where was I? What did I do? Oh, um, from going from... So, I did all that and then I changed over. It was actually pretty easy once I got used to it. So, how was it the first time you ever shot nude? Um, my mom was a weird hippie. I'm pretty sure most of my high school friends saw her walk around naked. Um, she walked around in her bathroom. She was okay with nudity. My dad's been wanting me to be a scientist or whatever. I don't fucking know. I would love to ask him one day, like, what did you really think I was going to drop to you? <laughs> um, was like, well, I mean, if you're going to get naked on the internet, just make sure you get paid well. How did it make you feel that your mom was so, like, open like that in front of your friends? My mom was crazy. Were, like, you okay with it? Or Not you really. But you kind of just... She was super bipolar and had good days and bad days, so, like, you kind of rolled with the punches with the lady. Right. Plus, she took you for mental health days. She would randomly decide that we didn't need to go to school that day. Mm-hmm. We needed a mental health day. Mm. To which we went for store shopping and to the beach. Do you feel, I know I'm a petite woman myself, I am borderline five foot it's questionable. It's very questionable. And I know that I have dealt with different things in my life with other women and men who put me in different categories because I am petite. And right now I'm a little more fluffy than I would like to be, and I have some curves. And sometimes people have a hard time because they want to categorize me in like a little girl club, but I have curves and... You know, there's a little confliction there, so I wonder if you have any similar I do, issues. but my best friend is 4'11". <gasps> oh, my gosh. Like, and she goes from super, super, super skinny <laughs> to having curves, and it's really funny to watch. But we did mainly art modeling and stuff. Occasionally, there were some things that towed the line. Like, I'm sorry, guys, but the incest thing that everyone's got going on, a little fucking creepy. Yeah. Definitely. Just a little bit. You don't have to be sorry about that. It's a little creepy that day. Okay, guys. I don't know when that one became cool. Uh, I get to schoolgirl and... I mean, we all went to high school and we all just up with schoolgirls. So that one doesn't creep me out. The ones that do creep me out... I don't mind shooting diaper fetish, which I have done. Oh, why? But they don't treat you like a little kid. It's just diaper fetish. The ones Let's that get, bother hold on. me... I'm sorry. Before we get to the ones that bother you, can we talk about the diaper fetish? I would like to know more. <laughs> what is this diaper fetish? Okay, Billy. so some of them are like, you wet your diaper. You're wearing a diaper and you wet it and you need someone to change you. It's a fetish called Littles. They're very nice humans. I'm friends with a lot of them. I don't get it. I never will get it. I don't get the jeans wetting thing, but I get requests for it all the time. Can you wet yourself? Can you do this? Can you do that? Can you wear diapers? So do you really pee yourself? Yes. Wow. How does that make you feel? I have to go get a mop and I have to clean it up afterwards. So if I'm going to do that, I'm going to need like three in a row. So you're going to have to wait a couple months to get your custom. Because if I'm fucking have to clean and Lysol and bleach my whole entire house, I'm going to shoot all one. That's so funny to me because... 
It's just funny. It's also really funny when you walk in and you're like 21 and you're buying like adult diapers and you're like. <laughs> well, here's the thing. We are women and I know about women's health. UTI is a real thing. Bacteria is a real thing. pH balance for feminine hygiene so is a real thing. It is completely sterile as long as you clean it up right afterwards. Okay. Completely but sterile. But here's the thing. This is what... <laughs> I mean, I... Ashley, so for you, well, you have no idea, okay? So I'm a person... I think I have an email from one of the guys. Yeah, pull it up. <laughs> so I'm a person that... Uh-oh, did my mic go up? Hello? Okay, there it goes. Okay, so I'm a person that, unfortunately, I think that back in the day when people would say, don't hold it, don't hold it. Don't hold it. Um, it's it's going to mess you up. I think it did mess me up because I am a person to this day where if I sneeze or I cough, I pee myself often. I and do too. I thought it, I was the only one. No, I do it all the time to where these two make fun of me. And You could make good money doing that. I know. That's the thing. <laughs> and so, okay, I, so I pee myself like because I don't mean to, okay? I get, I have a guy who buys customs for laughing until you pee yourself all the time. So I have the pee. And then I saw that I know clips for sale, they have it to where if you sell a clip, it'll automatically go to your social media. So you've had clips that were like burping and yawning ones. I have GI issues since I was a little girl. Have you seen the ones so, that I've been doing as parodies where like – the Van Wilder parody and the Dumb and Dumber parody where, like, literally someone feeds me, like, laxatives. I'm like, I got to go, man. And they're literal parodies. Like, and he buys the customs. They're super funny to shoot. They make everyone really uncomfortable to shoot. But the thing is, is that's my life. The thing is, is that I literally pee myself involuntarily. I have diarrhea all the time. Uh, I'm always burping. So my mom used to always be like, Shelly's always doing old man burps. So... <laughs> When I started to see your clips of yawning, and I'm always tired, too. So you sell clips of yawning. You sell clips of burping. You sell clips of farting, which, depending on my diet. I'm not actually real because I get shy. One guy demanded (laughs) that they be real. Demanded. Demanded. This is the first fart clip I ever did. They had to be real. He would know if they weren't. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. My boyfriend at the time I dated for like six years is like, I've heard it before. You're fine. So I literally would keep a camera. <laughs> this went on for like a month and a half, two months. I, I got it. I got a fart. I got a fart. I got it. And I'd stop and I'd go and I'd go, I don't got a fart. <laughs> as soon as the camera came out. You got a camera shot. Your butt. Your yeah, fart camera shot. Fake fright. Yeah. Apparently I had fart fright. So what they do to the people who couldn't do it is they take a turkey baster and push air into it. I think you have to hold it real tight. <laughs> you got to pay me a lot of money to put a turkey baster up my butt. So I, I can do a Because here's the thing. I know the right foods to eat. I can fart. Well, now I... I, uh, I can fart. Now absolutely. I just add sound effects. What was that? I had sound effects. Well, I'm just saying, like, if someone demanded and paid the right price, I would just be like, I know what I need to eat. That's fine. I just had to have the turkey baster stuck up else I couldn't fart. I don't know about that turkey baster. <laughs> but I you opened up the world to me. That, here's the thing. The things about me that my mother, so that's deep, has told me are flaws. Yeah. You've opened up that 
It's fine. It's Just embrace it. Just do it. It's we'll like, do it. You can make money doing it, actually. The only ones that freak me out are, like, the wet and messy ones that my friends have done where, like, they're chicken, sticking, like, they're masturbating with chocolate syrup and they're sticking it into their vagina. That doesn't like, sound healthy. It's just not. That's you're not, not supposed to have that much sugar up your no. vagina. And everyone I've talked to is like, and afterwards I got a yeast infection. And I'm like, well, did you douche afterwards? And they're like, no. <laughs> but douches are bad for you. You take it out and you just stick water in it. And hydrogen peroxide, you'll be fine. But the thing is, there shouldn't be any sugar. Why are you sugar? sticking chocolate syrup up yeah, your vagina? There should be no sugar in the vagina ever because that just causes problems. It also seems a little weird to watch like chocolate syrup. Come out of a veg? Yeah, I just don't even want to, like... My I never thought of it until right now. Yeah, it's you so talked weird. about it. The other one is in diaper fetish, they have this pretend to poop. I can't with the poop, no. It's a Snickers bar, and they just make it, <laughs> they put it in the microwave, and then you wait for it to cool down a little bit, and then you're like, oh, I pooped myself. No. It's just a Snickers bar. You know what? And that's fine, but I'm the type that it would just bother me. I won't shoot it because I'm like, I just don't do scat play. There's a guy, too, who I think he's a politician, too, who does the same thing. Offers a shit ton of money for you to shit on a glass table while he sits underneath it. I believe it. I believe it, but I don't care how much money. You can go up to a million dollars. I just... It's there too are personal. Certain things I can't do. It's too personal. It's weird. It's very weird. But you know what? If that's your thing, I'll there's people you. out there, there's there's gals out there and fellas too. I don't want to uh, discriminate <laughs> that are fine pooping on that said. And there's a guy who's apparently fine table. sitting underneath the table. And absolutely, so it just ain't us. It just ain't us. Snicker bars are not. That makes you want to throw up. It's oh. It's too much. And the thing is, is like, it's funny because I feel that I've been kind of paying this very vanilla kind of fetish model. And it's true. But in the real world, it's still odd, to so, say the least. This one guy for years, he ran him and up. He's gotten very needy lately. By the way, guys, if you start out paying a model, and you buy your stuff off her wish list, and then you suddenly expect her to do it for free because of the COVID and I should have COVID rates. You can go fuck yourself. Absolutely. There's no discount. I don't give a There's flying no fuck that you're having a hard time. Then don't pay for it. You don't see me buying, going out and buying shoes like I used to. The fucking COVID mm-hmm. happened. Mm-hmm. I haven't bought a new car. Mm-hmm. You don't see me running with my stimulus check to buy a new Trust me, I want that new PlayStation. It's just going to have to wait. Exactly. You just got to wait. You know what? I'm so glad that you brought that up because I feel that there's some fellas out there. Here's the thing. There's there's some people out there. Um, I only have dealt with the male part of it. I don't I know any females that are, are a part of that world as well, so I don't want to discount them. Yeah. But I've only dealt with males. So it's like you have these fellas that are so awesome. They're right. so generous. They're so open and, like, appreciative. But then you have this small group of people that are they're just cheap. They're trying to get stuff for free. And one guy... And I totally get it if, like, you send me a bunch of underwear and you want me to send you one pair back. Great. Fantastic. I'll do that. But still... Or you want photos. That's fine. You sent it to me and you paid for it. But still... Because here's an analogy I had to use with somebody once. I have... I go to Ralph's a lot, right? Yeah. I have one of those cards. Yeah. So I get rewards. It's cheaper because of my card. Because I use my card. But if I went to Ralph's and I wanted to get, let's say, some Andre's champagne, I can't say, well, I don't really have the money right now, but I've been... I'll come look, back and pay Look it. at my, my account. 
I've been so good. I've been so loyal. I don't to care. You. Look at how much money I spent throughout the years. Uh, that's here. The thing. And that's the thing with these cheap guys. It's like you can't tally up what you've already done because it doesn't matter. That's not the point. That would be like calling the IRS and be like, well, I paid my taxes for the last nine years. And so I was wondering if this here, instead of that paying my taxes, I could get a refund. No, you can't. You can't get a refund. Now, if you buy me four pairs of panties and you say to me, hey, I bought you four pairs of panties, do you think you could send one back worn to me? I will send you one back worn. You paid for all the panties. That's what you wanted in return. Absolutely. You want a picture of me? Absolutely. It's very generous of you, by the way. Usually they pay for the shipping and everything. Well, that, if still, that's, so, that's very generous. And they bought them. Just they think. sent them. I send them back if they want one thing. That being said, if you send me a message and five years later and go, hey, you know those panties I bought you? Could you send me a pair? Absolutely not. If when we go over the first negotiation and you ask for it, that's the negotiation we made. I'm not going to give you a bunch of things free. If you send me a message and say, hey, I accidentally bought two of the same clip, and I, great, send me your receipts. I will send you either a new clip or something else if you accidentally bought two of the same clips, which does happen. You're not trying to scam anybody. No. You're just... I also don't need you being this guy who, for like three years, messages me and writes, hang on, let's look here. Goo goo gaga, what does mama want? And I said, and this is what I was writing about. (laughs) Mommy won't do international calling. Mommy wants new shoes or perfume. (laughs) But I'm broke right now, mommy. Okay, then I won't call you. Sorry. Goodbye. (laughs) Yep, yep. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. Also, want? I'm not going to call you in Europe, you guys. You can go to, like, Sex Panther or Verified Call. It directs you straight to my phone. It will not give you the actual phone number, and it will charge you, but... Cheap. Don't be cheap. Don't be cheap. Yeah. I'm not going to... How much would it cost me to call, like, London? And here's the thing. You know, like you said, you're not buying shoes the way you were before, because it it is a different world now. I was so you get it. bought televisions when they got... Check. You get it. So these people, it's like if you need to save up, then save up. Don't be trying. The guilt. It's a luxury. It's the guilt. The this thing is that, that bothers me. The guilt is what bothers me is that these people feel that just because they spent money a time or two, they can guilt you into thinking that you owe them something when no. that's not the case. My yeah. favorite people are the ones, and I mean, some of them have my personal. We text. We're friends now. They have my personal phone number. We text back and forth. They've been fans forever, and they still do the same exact thing where they buy stuff and they do stuff. If they were to cross the line and be like, well, I'm just going to do everything for free now, I'd be like, yeah, well, I mean, that's not really how it It's an arrangement. Yeah, and I have noticed something as a third party to all this because I'm a sucker. I'm a nine-to-fiver. So. <laughs> Sorry, what makes you feel any better? For the last year and a half, I worked at a retail store and worked. 27 days, and I worked one day 12 hours straight and got paid jack shit. I got minimum wage. Yeah. And I that's tried why your job. You, I feel for you. You girls are smart, and you're doing what you need to do. And these men, by the way. Some of them are women. They I want to hear about be. that. And it's just like they, in the work field, this is unacceptable. You have a certain thing that you go by. There's policies. There's whatever. But... They know that because they are paying whatever you guys negotiated. So they have a job, a solid job, and they know that they are underpaying you and treating you unfairly. And 
they just expect you to just take it, and then they guilt you. It's entitlement, but... And internet bullying. Yeah. It's, it's a whole lot easier to be mean to you behind the keyboard. It, it absolutely is, but then there's those there's those people that most of the time are very awesome. They're awesome. I, I love them. They're so appreciative. They, they are a see, what you see is what you get, and... I had a bad week last week, and I was just telling her outside, like, he sent me a bunch of lace stockings out of nowhere. I, like, my roommate's like, you got some mail. And I'm like, I'm not expecting anything. They're stockings. The jumper I'm wearing right now, uh, my friend Joel got me. Like, and he's just randomly, he'll call me, like, I was just looking at this on the internet, and I thought, I don't know, you might like it. But you get, like, the bad eggs that ruin it. Like, yeah. goo gaga, I don't want to give you anything No, goo goo gaga can kiss my butt. Like, sorry, I, I get it, you're on hard times. So are a lot of the people who are buying things for me, and they're on very hard times with fixed incomes and they're wedding photographers or they're on disability, and they don't come knock on my door. No. I went on disability and COVID happened. Now I'm unemployed. What can you do for me? Yeah, yeah, and all of a sudden, like, if you're a business, you have certain standards. All of a sudden, oh, this this happened, and they were already shortchanging you by making you feel pressured and feel like you owe them something. And when they're a fan, like, you're doing them a favor. So it's really unreasonable many times, and these women I've been seeing just give so much of themselves to the point where, like, I don't mean to say this, but I'm going to say it. Uh-oh. You don't have Uh-oh. a girlfriend. You don't have a wife. And you... Some of them do. And some of them do. But sometimes people, they just don't know how to be in a relationship. And they have issues. And so they're going to be really abusive and unhealthy. And it's like, I thought you were a fan. Why are you treating me like your girlfriend if you could have a girlfriend. Well, here's the thing. I have one guy who gets wrestling customs for me, but I can only send them between this hour and this hour because he doesn't want his girlfriend to accidentally go through. Clearly, he has a cheating problem. This is exactly where my head goes. Clearly, you've done something to her. He doesn't want her to know about the fetish because he feels embarrassed about it. Really, wrestling fetish is the one that you are embarrassed about? Because, man, you should see my fucking inbox. (laughs) (laughs) That's the one you're worried about. Like, why don't you just tell her? I just, I can't, I can't tell her. I'm embarrassed. But I need you to send them between Monday and Wednesday and between 2 and 7. Eastern time, not, oh, wait, hang on, next week. I'm, if you're going to have me schedule to send something around time, you're going to get charged next time. Exactly. They should. And Absolutely. honestly, like. I feel like a scumbag. For doing no. It. And you have no, to, for, no, for sending it. Because oh, the girlfriend saying, doesn't know. The girlfriend well, doesn't know. I get it. You're going above and beyond. And for me, being a manager at a business, I'm like, wow, these people want me to, like, hold their hands and make all these exceptions. And if you're going to be shady, then I need an extra fee. Sorry. And if you want to conduct business this way, then there's, there's, like, in the post office, there's shipping and handling Have you gone to Amazon lately? If you want it in one day, they do charge you extra. Yeah, and it's something that... People have some issues, whatever, whatever. But if they're going to be so demanding, especially during COVID, they need to pay for it. Girls left them. Some of these girls are shooting customs for, I don't know. I I got a phone call the other day from some girl who shall remain nameless. Um, 
and she's like, hey, I need to borrow money. I need to get a, <coughs> um, excuse me, I need to get a hotel room so that I can take in clients. She's escorting. She's like, oh, and by the way, I need you to pay the deposit, and I'll give you the money right back on the next day, but do you want to do doubles with me too? And I'm like, dude, I don't, first of all, feel comfortable going to Walmart house to now you want me to take strange men in off Craigslist, and I also don't escort. I know a lot of them do. I have no problem against it if that's what you want to do. I do sessions. When I advertise sessions, you're not getting laid. Sorry, guys. I hate to break it to you. Don't ask. It's not happening. I'm not going to suck your cock. You're not going to go down on me. I might take my top off for a second. It's about as far as I go. SAP for it. Exactly. And I'm like, okay. And she's like, I'm like, so how much? And she's like, well, I'm doing COVID pricing. Now, let me ask you this because this is, this is funny. I'm escorting and I'm doing COVID pricing. Do you think that money is going up or down? Because in my mind, it would go up. Yes. I'm taking on more of a risk. Oh, no. She wants us to do an hour for $400 a piece. The story gets better. You're both going to die laughing. I'm like, okay, whatever. And I'm just like, maybe I'll think about it. Let me call you back. I don't want to be rude. And I'm like, well, where are you living right now? She's living in the back of a truck with her new boyfriend. By the way, I'm assuming he's her pimp. Mm. but you're homeless, living in the back of the truck. Clearly, you used to be a fetish model. It's not working out for you. You just called me to get money to... I don't know any hotels that I would stay at that take a cash deposit to you. No. No. I'm taking cash right now. Not even a cash deposit. Cash. Okay, I'm pretty sure I already got gone on her with before I even set foot in the hotel lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, okay, let me call you back. Well, her dumbass proceeds to pocket dial me and butt dial me. Oh, this is a good story. She's talking shit, and she's like, and you can hear her boyfriend, a.k.a. Pimp, he's like, well, I heard that she was very difficult and everything, so why would you call her? And she goes, well, because of her name, I know she could bring a drawing. I mean, it's not like I fucking like her or anything. She's a pain in the ass and a bitch, but I know she'll pay the deposit, and I know we can get something for her. At this point, I go, I'm still on the phone. I can hear you. You know I can hear you, right? Hello? I, it's not even like I like her or anything. Bear in mind, this is a girl who got in a fight with me because she fucks my roommate and he lived with me. And originally she wanted to run the session through my house. I, that's going to go over great with my roommate. She's already don't fucking like you. And I'm like, okay. And she's like, and I'm making 800 and she's only making 400 I told her about everything. I'm just going to take more. You just told me your whole mastermind scheme and called me a bitch and at one point calls me a cunt in the conversation. Oh, my God. And I'm like, no, really. Hello? And I start screaming. Oh, hi. I just heard everything you said that was really nice. Why would you even want to work with me? Why do you want me here? I wasn't talking about you. I was talking about my model alter ego. She's a bitch, not you. Oh, you couldn't have come up with a better story. Oh, my freaking <laughs> You goodness. just told me the truth? No, wow. now you're lying to me. This is great. You were talking about your model. You should put the crack pipe down, sweetie. Maybe the heroin. I'm not quite sure what, but I was like, at this point, dude, we're, I'm good. You That's can figure terrible. Out, I'm sure you can go blow someone on the side of the freeway. <laughs> like, it's also the girls. I can lay as much blame on the guys yep. than I have yeah, yeah. the girls. And yeah. it makes my heart break because I love women. I do too, and I hope they would respect it, each it, other. I thought we were on the same team, and I expect some sore heartbreak when I'm in a male relationship or, you know, if you're gay or lesbian, you know, like, like a romantic relationship. When you're in a non-romantic relationship, regardless of the gender, you think you'd have each other's back. And as women, we do get a lot of, 
being degraded, and I've seen it in the workplace where my male coworkers, a lot of even females that are clients, won't talk to them the way that they would talk to me. And they degrade me. And so I'm like, wow, really? That's that's awesome. And even male clients talking to other males, they wouldn't talk to them the same way they would talk to me as a female. People get intimidated by smart girls. It took me a really, really long time, and it's kind of from being in fetish and everything, to realize that it wasn't so bad to be the smart one in the room. Yeah. I mean, I'm getting my master's in counseling and psychology, and I haven't seen uh, my guy friend who I stay with when I'm up here all the time in probably like three years. We had a minor falling out and didn't talk a lot. And he's like, it's funny how much you've changed. You used to be so stupid, and I used to tell you you were smart, and you didn't believe anyone. Well, because at that point three years ago, I was at a different stage in my life than I am now. Like, they tell us that we're supposed to be stupid. We don't have to be stupid. Trust us, we can get the stain off us, but you motherfuckers can't. Well, and it's like sometimes I feel as women we're told that, oh, you're just, you're emotional, you're psycho, you're crazy, you're blah, blah, blah. I am psycho and crazy now. Slash your tires in a second, but I will also <laughs> fucking kill you if you fuck with my family. I'd be more afraid of the girls than I would be of the guys. Most of the time, guys are. Women are emotional, men are impulsive. Lack self-control, and would rather hit something than talk it out in any kind of matter because they're like, well, I'll wrong. And I feel sometimes runaway. Men can be that way, but at the same time, I don't want to be sexist. I'm like, because I've known some really bitchy men that are like too. women. I also is, know some really great men who can fix my fucking. I was telling you that about the laundry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's the thing is. I do. I used to always think it was like a male female kind of thing, but then when I started realizing, it's really your upbringing because it's a person. It's like I know some guys that quote unquote act like girls, and I know some girls that quote unquote act like guys, and I'm a person that's been kind of like in the middle because I'm very typical female in a lot of ways, but because of my career for so long I've in wrestling I was around guys so much to where I lived with them and that's how you fall into places like you've always lived with guys so you just see things a different way so that's why you can understand um, I mean, if I have to listen to my roommate give me the girl talk at one more like <laughs> fuck man I thought I had relationship problems I mean I'm sitting here on the couch and I'm like we should get me a fucking glass of wine and I mean, maybe I should get you some tissues. Like, what can I get for you? Like, man, dude. And he's like, and I mean, I really love her. And I'm like, you've been dating a month. Well, <laughs> you know, sometimes a month can be get very expensive. Get the F out of here. Okay. Oh, sometimes you you're falling in love and you never felt the no, they're in love. Someone. They're in love and they can't live without them. I'm just like, oh, fuck, man. I had someone tell me, too, this is a funny thing about upbringing the other day. That because I'm so aloof, and I will even when I'm living with someone, I'll be like, dude, I'm just going to, like, I won't talk to them for, like, hours. And we're in the same house. We both work from home. And everyone's like, well, because you guys aren't super touchy-feely and you don't kiss all the time, like, I, let's see how much, the person I'm currently sleeping with have I kissed in the last, probably twice. I've had sex every day that I've been with them. But I have not kissed them every day, and I don't need to hold hands and be all lovey-dovey. It's just not my thing. And this person came at me from a wrong way. 
And maybe it is from shooting fetish on the right, but because of my upbringing and because of the fact that I shoot fetish, I've become distant, aloof, and somehow numb to the feeling of love, which is actually the complete opposite because I could never have sex again and still marry someone and live with them and be completely okay with it. I just don't associate the two. Yeah, and you have a different idea of intimacy. Yeah. I'd yeah. rather be able to sit with someone and be completely quiet than sit there and... Well, and yeah. being intimate with somebody is being able to share something that's really deep that goes beyond words or beyond physicality. And people insult people over that too, though, and being in everything. Like, you weren't loved enough as a child. Yeah, my mom was a bipolar crazy person. My dad has Asperger's and has probably hugged me and told me he loved me three times. Does that mean they don't know because their actions spoke louder than their words? And it made you who you are today. Yeah, and just because anyone does sex work or customs or anything, I don't know why we're... You weren't loved enough as a child. My dad used to hand me $500 and tell me that I could buy whatever I wanted, back to school shopping, as long as it was under $500. He told me that I could have the change as long as I could do it faster than the cash register. That ended when I got $83.26. I could have as many books as I wanted as long as I could carry them all out of the store by myself in one trip. I'm pretty sure that's love without saying you're loved. And everybody has a different experience, and I feel like I love therapy, and I know you talked about having experience with just psychology and everything, and I went to school for psychology, and I was, like, actually torn because I was, like, I got my scholarship for music and singing, but I went for psychology, and that's something that I still hold close to me, and... You just learn a lot about people around you. And sometimes knowing that can be really hurtful because you realize things around you and it's a little overwhelming. And for me, I felt very overwhelmed even within myself. And I think it's an ongoing process. And I think that people who think, oh, I go to therapy and I'm cured and I'm good to go. You're never cured. No. like you're That's a joke. <laughs> and like you go throughout your life re-going through different traumas and having different um, feelings that you work through because you're like, oh, I'm like in this life, like, you know, this stage, and I and understand that. Some people are that. just fucking weird, guys. Yeah. And they are, and then they don't anything different. They're just fucking weird, like... If you asked me what I wanted to do on a Saturday night, most people at 31 who were single and a girl would be like, I would want to go to the bar and stuff. And I'm like, do you want to go walk the beach and like go jog or something? Maybe grab a glass of wine. I mean, I don't know, but I really don't want to go to a club. It gives me anxiety. I know that. Mm-hmm. All my friends are like, I'm going clubbing and I'm going to this really, and I'm like, can we just go play pool and drink some beer? And there's nothing wrong with that. No. And here's the thing too is like, um, You know, for me, I did fetish modeling before professional wrestling happened. Oh, did you? I didn't know that. Yeah, I did. And um, I was very judged in professional wrestling because of it. But then it was crazy because then... A bunch of them went to fetish. I know. and But the thing is, is like what I learned is that the longer I did professional wrestling, the more I realized a lot of girls... It's like the old, um, and I just talked about this with Jen Thomas when she was on my podcast, is 
it's almost like that, like when doctors or lawyers do stripping before, like when they're going through oh, yeah. school, and then there's the ones that are like, yeah, they own it. That was a time in my life, whatever. But then there's the ones that are so like shameful of it that they judge other girls that are just doing their hustle and taking care of business. And so it becomes this like whole thing. And in wrestling, that's what happened to me. And then what tripped me out was finding out a lot of those girls did fetish just like I did before they made it or when they got released, they went to it. And so it became this whole thing to me where I was like, wow, you guys really made my life miserable. And that's my fault for allowing it. But I was young. Um, Judging me for this, and you were like, if anything, you went more hardcore than I ever did. And it's like, so for me, I'd like to get your take on this. I feel like that shame I used to once have, I don't anymore. And I'm kind of glad I went through that hypocrisy through other people because now I'm like, at least what you see is what you get. If you pay for a video, you pay for a photo, you're going to get that, and what you see is what you get. And I learned that there's a lot of smoke and mirror, especially in the entertainment industry, of looking a certain way, and you're just not that person. So it's like, so what if I have sexy content? What you see is what you get. I am who I am. So what's your take on on that whole, like, facade and being looked down upon? So you guys can totally laugh, and everyone should. Take a wild stab at what my nickname was in high school freshman year. Let me bear this in mind that I was still a virgin. And I hung out with all the neighborhood boys because I was the only girl on the street in the barrio. And so, <laughs> I mean, as long as the boys were on your side, it didn't matter. And I was also the only girl from, like, 10 on. So boys decided to give me a fucking nickname. And it stuck. What was it? Ashley Slut. No. Because I was the least sluttiest one out of everyone, and they thought it was fucking hilarious. It stuck. They still have it. We still have it. We still make jokes about it. I've heard stories that I don't remember, but they happened way into college. I mean, I dated the same guy. I dated three guys in high school. That was it. But it stuck, and it was hilarious to me. To every other girl, when they heard it, every one of the guys thought it was fucking hilarious. Wait, you talking about that one over there? The one who reads books and gets straight A's? <laughs> really? Like, I got I to gotta figure this one out. I really read books and stayed home, got four pointers. I, I was a bookworm. Um, played video games. I didn't know that MTV existed until I was 14. One day they're like, Ashley, look at this. I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is fascinating. The name's still stuck. So for years, these girls all thought that I was apparently banging their boyfriends when I would come over. I moved away for a while, and I came back. thought for years. And we're sitting there one day, and a bunch of the girlfriends are over, and they're like, but all the other girls told me to be worried about her. All the girls that they had dated in high school are knocked up in high school. Sure, I am still not knocked up, married, or I got a divorce on my record. Yeah, no drug problem. I think it turned out pretty well. Um, and they're like, but she doesn't even do anything. She just sits here in her pajamas and jeans. And she goes, that's the fucking joke, man. It's the fucking joke. Because I named her that, you guys all thought something was going on. There's never been anything here. But you've seen her naked. We've all seen her naked. It's on the internet. We knew we were going to see her naked. We didn't think she'd go full-blown porn star on us, but we've seen her naked. These girls were just, these new girls who now come over were just flabbergasted by the fact that all the old school girls have been like, gotta watch out, she's gonna fuck your boyfriend. And over here, I'm like, he's got a drug problem, that one's a construction worker. He still works at the grocery store as a checker. (laughs) 
I mean, come on, guys. Like, they're the you kids know, in your I office. Don't mean to laugh at our it's fucking hilarious. I mean, I love the grocery store, and I appreciate the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely do. And I appreciate the construction workers. Can you fix the potholes in California? But the point is, is that... But the point is, is that we gave me a name yeah. as a joke, which was an inside joke between all of us. I love it. And these new girls thought it was so bad. I remember getting chased out of a bathroom. The funny part is, is that the story ends with I was chased out of a bathroom because the girls thought I was fucking their boyfriends. We were doing a bunch of cocaine. I wasn't fucking anyone. We had to get me out of the bathroom, and I can remember them shoving me up and going, whatever you do, don't drop the drugs or the beer. As I'm running out of my friend's grandma's restroom in my fucking onesie. But it was like you were a threat because the guy saw you as their buddy. I was a buddy. I was nothing else. Most of the girls you see. But they didn't get that because they don't understand that. As a woman, sometimes I know I've had my share of heartbreaks and I'm Miss Sparkly USA with my highlights (laughs) and stuff like that. And you are the same way. And Shelly is super girly girl. And not saying anything against tomboys because I I am have, a tomboy. Yeah. And I am too. That's the thing. Yeah, but I can so, switch it on and off. But a lot of times we get put in, like, different situations and people think that, like, they want to categorize us. And it's like, oh, my gosh, really? Like, well, I don't wow. go out that much. So if I am going out, I want to look good. If I am doing something fancy, I want to look good. Yeah. If I want to watch a football game, can I just show up in my onesie? Well, yeah. you know, and I've I've known some, like, hoes. When I say hoes, like, I'm talking about girls that are trying to screw. Everyone's over. And they're trying to play a part for, like, oh, I'm, like, this chill girl and blah, 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 blah. And it's like. It's all ass. Yeah. The boys don't usually like them very much. It's how I learned that. And the girls are the same way with the guys, too, are the same way. Because it goes both ways. you got the fuck boys and then you got the hoes. Yeah. And they're the same exact person. They might as well be interchangeable. Yeah. I feel like the hoe and boy hoe personality is like seeking attention. Constantly. That's what they want. They didn't yeah. get enough attention at some point. And it's really funny because I'm like. And that's the thing is like you had mentioned uh, when we text before you grew up with boys. And that just made me understand you so much because the way you are isn't out of attention. You're just being yourself. And a lot of these girls get intimidated because they're like. They think they have to act like someone like you because it's an act because it's not naturally who they are. So obviously you're sure. putting on an act to try to get attention, and that's what it all comes to. I uh, they want attention, and I watch everyone do it, and I'm just like, dude, you guys, like, if you just sit. I'm much nicer to the person who doesn't say a word half the time than I am to the person who's like, hey, look at me, look at me. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, and it's like... I know I'm not perfect, and I'm like a sucker for romance. She really is, guys. She really is. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really am. But at the same time, they always come back for me. It's <laughs> true. And it's because I just want to give something and be honest. And sometimes people just put up a front because they want to come across as something. Well, that's the thing that's wrong with everyone. And, like, I learned a lot from being in fetish. And so I've met a lot of, like, really good friends. I've met a guy with no leg who, for years, I didn't know had no leg, who's polyamorous. I dated a married guy for six years whose wife knew about me the entire time and had two kids who knew about me, and that was interesting. Um, 
I've seen all walks. I've seen people who like to pretend that they're little kids and sit in a playpen, which honestly quite creeps me out. And so I try to avoid them at parties, but I like them outside of the parties. Like literal playpens? Like, yeah, it creeps me out so I go to the outside. But when they're outside of the playpen and we're not at the play party and everything, I'm fine with it. Then I've seen cross-dressers who are, by the way, little known fact, totally straight, most of them. Um, Can I have a piece of cracker and cheese? (laughs) Then I've seen, like, the guy who we used to call the governor who worked in politics, he used to run around and, like, creeped everyone out because he would get in people's faces, like... Every walk of life I've seen, like, at some point you just learn to accept You don't have to accept everyone. You can walk away from the weird littles at the playpen because they creep you out and then have dinner with them later that night when they're normal. Um, You can not realize that your friend has a peg leg, pretty much, and now it's completely normal and he lives on a farm. And then... (laughs) Well, I should think, when you're somebody who you don't judge people... You can't judge them out of... That's the thing about fetish. You can't really figure out who to judge and who not to judge. Some of the people are dead fucking creepy, and they seem like the nicest guy. Uh, and you still don't judge them. I will judge you when you do something wrong to us. Yeah, and it's, it's there's hard. A, I'm sorry, let me cut you off. But there's a big difference between judging somebody and being aware of what you're dealing with and accepting it. And there's a whole other thing when they have these white nights now and the guy who bought my fucking domain, which isn't my domain and he spelled my name wrong and then bought the other domain and then said that I was racist, which I'm not, by the way. Oh, I'm far from racist. <laughs> I would have had to knock her up in the ghetto to be racist. <laughs> but you have to take what you want. And I mean, my parents were both recovering alcoholics, so a lot of what I learned happened in AA. Uh, you couldn't. After my dad left you, and even when my dad was there, you don't really have daycare for your kids, so they take you with them. And my favorite quote that I ever got out of going to AA, eventually they sent me to Alateen because my whole family is a bunch of fucking raging psycho serial killer psychos. It's a long story. One day we'll write it down. Was, you should. I will. And I went to Alateen. You should write a book. I will. I went to Alateen from like 11 on and therapy. And the best thing that they ever taught me was you got to take what you want. You can take what you want and leave the rest. And that the only person you have control over is you. You don't have to love everyone and you don't have to like everyone. My least favorite thing growing up was everyone was like, I don't have to respect anyone until they show me respect. Absolutely not. You have to respect every single fucking human being until they show you disrespect. Then you have the choice to walk away. Or you have the choice to tarp on it for the rest of your life and let it negatively affect you, which is dumb. But sometimes you have to let it affect you for a little bit. And then let it go. And then let it, but that's the thing, is I felt like a lot of times when people would tell me I need to get over certain things or whatever that maybe came off kind of petty, yeah. me finally finding peace with those things, it was, I gained so much. Yeah. I wrote a lot of stuff down, is what they taught me. And it took me a really long time, because when you go to Alateen, it's Alanon. What is that? It's Alanon. So it's, uh, what people don't realize is when you deal with alcoholics and drug addicts and everything, you start taking on the same exact conditions they do. Like, in case no one's ever noticed, alcoholics and drug addicts are fucking control freaks. Like, really huge control freaks. Yeah, and people even without addiction... Take like on the same exact yeah, and thing. So you get the same 12 steps as they do, except for your drug of choice is that person. Yeah, and some drugs 
cannot even be substance. It can be control on different environments and different things that I know for me personally, like I'm not trying to throw any stones, but my biggest anxieties are things outside of my control. Yeah. So that was my biggest one is the very first step is the only person you can control is yourself. And I think I went to Alexine for, God, how old was I by the time I got through first step? Well, first I didn't talk. I was 11. I don't think I talked for a really long time. Interesting. How long? Uh, for about the first year, I would not speak to anyone. I just stared at them. I was forced to be here. So I stared at my corner and I drank my coffee at 11. Would you talk I, at all? Were you, just, were you, I, you had to read steps, so I would read the steps and I knew my name. Other than that, I didn't really want to talk to any of them. I'd chit-chat here and there. I might bum a cigarette off them. Other than that, I didn't fit in here and I didn't want to fit in. And eventually I opened up. I actually ended up doing what's called the Southern California Allotene Conference, and I was on the committee. It's where a bunch of them get together, and they have a whole entire conference, and it's everyone from Southern California. It's at Redlands. It's pretty fucking cool. Um, however, I was a bad kid, and I did get locked in a basement one year because I got caught drinking at the boys' dorm. Don't do that. Naughty, naughty. They will lock you in the basement, and there is no air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was, like, five of us. It was bad. Um... But the first step is the, the only, you, you admitted you were powerless over everything else. And I think I admitted that I was powerless over everything else when I was like 16 or 17 and finally got through it. And we're like, congratulations, after like four or five years, we've passed. You we went to the next step. It's nothing against drinking, everything else. It's just learning how to deal with the people in your life who, at some point, you want to control them and you take on their personalities. That's very interesting because. That's how I feel with my mom. There's things about her that, no offense, I love her, positive energy. But the things that traumatized me, I don't want those traits. So it's like what you just said. It's like, but I have those traits, and I hate that about me. The funny part is, is that my dad has been, my dad has been sober since 1980. Which is a really fucking long time. I don't know how long yeah. that is. Anyone got a number? <laughs> 80, 90, 20 years? 40, 40 years. Oops, 40. He doesn't celebrate his real birthday. He only celebrates his sobriety date. So I went into Alan, Gene Allen on because of recovering alcoholics. Who took me in because my brother was the drug addict and alcoholic who made me go in. But it's funny, even dealing with recovering ones, you're just like, sometimes you're like, can I go put my head against the wall? It's a lot. It's a lot. It's funny. And everyone's like, the same thing goes back to I wasn't loved enough as a child. Sure I was. You want to go sit in a fucking AA room? They hug you and shit. It's very crazy. It's more than just, you weren't loved enough. It's, It's deeper. So, real quick. Okay, we're talking about all this awesome stuff. I want to know how all of this and who you've become because of all of this, like, has you to where you are at this day, or you're not just a fetish model, but you do the custom wrestling. That's how I met you. Yep. And you're among all these different people who do, like, the set, and you said you do sessions here and there. So, like, how did that all come together? So, after I started the bondage with my best friend, she kind of, she got really sick, so she went back to Kansas, and I kept doing it, but I 
people are different when you think about them. Some people are more driven, some people aren't. Nothing wrong with her. She ended up going to be a medical assistant. Um, her mom and my dad are really close friends, which is super funny because my dad hated it when I first started but loved her. Um, I just kept doing it and everything, and I took a break for a little while. I dated someone who worked at FetishCon for a really long time. And when him and I broke up, I came out here and shot the regular porn. And I wasn't the best person when I was doing it, so I quit that and I took a break and I started, I believe I got a real job. I hit on someone on Instagram um, who didn't like any of it. I got broken up with because of it. Um, and he was a wrestler and then I dated a director who sold drugs. And at some point, like, shooting more of the porn stuff got not, didn't get to me, but it wasn't for me. But the wrestling stuff was fun. I was a gymnast for years. It was fun. Um, and then I started meeting custom people because I went to Chicago for a couple summers. I met a really great guy who I will tell stories about forever because you all die laughing in two seconds. <laughs> he hires me every time, and I kick him in the balls, and he laughs like, <laughs> Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> great. And then they kept telling me, stories about customs and wrestling and everything else. And while I was dating the guy for six years, he told me I should start my own Clips for Sales, so I did. Um, Clips for Sales is a great company. Um, I get a lot of stuff off there. See, I've been hesitant. I didn't know if I should put my stuff on there or not. Oh, Neil's great, and there's a whole following and stuff on there. I love them. And then I shot with, so I was living in Atlanta and sleeper kids there. So that's why I got into wrestling. Because he wanted to shoot me. Um, and then when I came out here, this was here. Oh, shit, I don't think I'm supposed to say that name. It's okay, we'll bleep it out. Okay, well, I just want to put that on the record. Bleep, bleep, bleep. <clears throat> uh, so then I shot for Hits and that. DT. Everyone just kept hiring me for different stuff. And there's a whole lot more of a wrestling community here and in Chicago than anywhere else. You know, it's interesting because quite a few gals that... I vibe with and I've met through custom wrestling they have done porn and they've told me kind of the same story like they just didn't want that world anymore and I can relate to that because that's how I felt about wrestling and it was like how you can find this fun and still do like what you want to do and what you kind of have been already doing but it's like taking out the the, the elements that bothered you about it it felt like keeping up with the Joneses. You got to go to this party and you got to kiss this person's ass and you got to do this and you got to be friends. I don't want to. I want to go home, chill with my dog, hang out with my normal friends. Mm-hmm. I, why do I, I, I don't, again, I don't like nightclubs. They freak me out. It's not my thing. I don't like drinking much in public. Like when I'm in places like that, it yeah. makes me uncomfortable. If I'm at a work event and it's like a big work event, I really don't want to be the girl again who's been sloshed in the corner. Like, I don't want to do that. So, like, partying every night's not fun for me. Plus, I still don't know how to dance. (laughs) I go to raves all the time and I dance like a loser because everyone else is kind of a loser and we all dance like losers together. (laughs) Like, I don't need to shove in some magazine. Like, I'm a retard. I just want to go have fun. So I kind of mesh them all together. And then Chicago, I have a guy who hires me for bondage. We shoot it and then I put it on my site, but I guess technically it's sessions. 
and I lived with him for a while, and so he was really an element that pushed me into, like, let's find this, and let's do this, and let's help you, like, let's, and it's just fun. And that's the name of the game, is trying to find as much enjoyment of what you're doing, because it's not always going to be, like, even doing something that, like, right, like, what you're talking about, there's still those days that are very draining, you don't yeah. want to do it. The last thing you want to do is do some session or put some makeup on for some clip. You know, it's, it's a lot. And the cool thing about fetish is that sometimes you don't have to put a makeup on. For yeah. They don't even care. They don't even care. They don't care. No. Look, right now, I could totally... Oh, oh they're my not, gosh. Those wait, dirty look. feet right there. <laughs> we all have dirty feet. Uh, really dirty, dirty feet. feet. Like, I'm like, hmm. They'll pay top dollar for those dirty feet. I know. See? <laughs> it's more fun. It's more like shooting a B-list movie. Yeah. Or a horror movie or something than it is about anything else. And I don't mind porn. I love porn. I don't watch it. Teach their own. Just enjoy your weird. Isn't that interesting? Like, you just said you don't watch it. I never watch but, it. It's really graphic. And that's the thing. Like, I also have an issue with porn. But, like, on paper, it's like, look at what I do for a living. <laughs> so well, it's this whole thing. But it's like. Like, even when Metal Jesus and I got together, I knew, like, I had to be with somebody that was okay, that I'm actually not okay with porn, but... But I might be in the industry. What I do for a living is, like... I got shell-shocked the one time at Thanksgiving when... My family's all from Georgia. We like to fry our turkeys, and we like to have a turkey frying party. They're from a very small place. There's one gas station. They take breaks at the post office for, like, three hours. And my cousin walks up to me with his then fiance and goes, So I was on the internet last night Googling you. Oh. oh he didn't Google me. Start. No, it wasn't me. I was on the internet last night and I was on one of those porn tube channels. I was Googling things that I was really into. And here I am and in my face I'm like, But you and your fiance were I on this site? What together? Like <laughs> yeah. looking at stuff? Huh? Some couples are like that. And, and that's fine. That's fine. That. Not for me. Some people are <laughs> not for me. I would to lose, me, it's a foreign concept. I would lose yeah. my SH. I would Don't lose get me it. wrong. If I walked in on who at my significant other looking at porn, I'd be like, whatever, dude. It's fine. I wouldn't. See, I'd be I'm fine strict. with it. I'm strict. Well, for me, like, my recent... As long as I'm still getting laid, I'd be fine with it. If it became a problem... No, was, like, I'm strict. For me, like, if there's... <laughs> Already issues in the bedroom. That's where mine is. And nope, I don't care. And strict. I'm strict. Um, I don't really have a choice. Remember, I date some of the directors. Oh. But then again, like, if they're looking at it, you didn't already see it at work. I just, for me, I'm so conservative sometimes, and I'm like, am I just not enough for you? Like, you have to lust after someone else. And it's like, a fantasy. It's the same as us opening up something, and going, oh, he looks real good. I don't do that though. See, for me, I'm like, I do this, so I will be your ultimate fantasy if you don't look somewhere else. Like, whatever, you, have whatever you want, let me, tell me, I'll do it. That's how I, I feel. I had a threesome once where they put on porn so that she could get horny so that they could, I was so like. Well, everyone's wait, have different. To, Everyone's different. Everyone is different. I mean, I could never do a threesome ever. Like, I feel ever. Like no, it's not me. My it would have to be like both people have to be into it. I've done it and it's turned out really good and it's turned out really bad. I can't. I I, I at least you're honest about it. I don't. I would cry. At least you're honest about I, it. That would f me up forever. Well, everyone's different. And you should be upfront with what you want. And yeah. For me, like I felt my recent little breakup 
and I thought this man was going to be like my husband for the rest of my hold life. On, hold on a second while I throw up over her. But I thought that, and I was like, I'm not I'll okay. I'm not okay with you oh, watching porn you because it. I feel like you're lusting after someone, and I'm not enough for you. Okay, so see, here's the difference: is that I dated a guy who was married for six years, or I dated with the wife that knew about with the wife that knew about me because he was really into like rough sex, and she wasn't. But they didn't want to get a divorce. She tried it, and he was into it. So she said, "Okay, whatever." It's like you go like do your thing and everything. And it worked out fine. Like I slept on their couch. I met them. She's a very nice lady, actually. Um, I heard that they were not divorced, and I heard they weren't. I don't know. I don't care. I wish them the best wherever they are. I don't Don't you kind of wish that she found someone better, though? I wish she would go die in a fire. I wish she is the best. He talked a lot of shit about me at the end that I didn't do. Like, I crashed his Lexus, which sounds really bad, which I did. But it was a 97 Lexus that was, like, dead. (laughs) Like, I couldn't get the thing to turn on. And I did crash it, but I, like, asked him, like, can you send me the paint slip and I'll send you the rest of the money for it and everything. I did it the complete correct way. I came home from shooting one time, and I had a $700 electric bill. My normal electric bill was $70 at my house. I mean, so I kind of hope she did find someone better. That's she's what I'm saying. Don't lady. you hope that she found somebody? Who cares about the guy? I And now he's also, his new me is one of my old friends. And I'm like, wow, I really didn't think you'd think that low. Can Not him, but her. Like, you. She could have done better. Like, you'll find out in six years, trust me. Yeah. Call me in six years when you figure it out. Because his other ex and me are friends. And to me and her are like, this is so funny. You're like, I'll find me someone better later. But everyone's different. The creepiest part of Thanksgiving was you're looking at porn. And you felt the need to tell me that this is my technically adopted cousin and his fiance. And he's like, yes, we looked up squirting and bondage. And you were the first one. Why did you feel the need to tell me that during Thanksgiving? Yeah, yeah why? And, and he wasn't hard. condemning or anything about and it. Maybe he was testing the water. No, he wasn't condemning. He liked He Then he told me in graphic detail how he watched it. Shut well, up, Well, here's the thing. For me, like, with my few exes, I told him to not look up my sister because she might have some nude... Nudity. You never say that, though. I say that every time. I'm like, just and, don't Google me. And then the first thing I do is go home and Google. Some of my exes have seen my sister naked. And it sucks. It makes me feel terrible. It makes me feel terrible. You want to know how I got broken up with the last time? So we were together for two years. I totally thought we were going to get married. Same as you. Like, fell head over heels. Asked him out on Instagram. By the way, if you ever hear this, and I hope you do, I hope you know you're a douchebag. All right. So he ditches me on my birthday. I'm like, okay, so that he can go home to see his uh, family. The first year the trip's already planned, then he goes to Alaska. Then his neighbor threatens to kill me, basically, and have his, no, threatens to have his daughters kill me, and I tell him. I eventually get kicked out of the apartments because the guy says that I've been exposing myself to children. This is how much he did not like what I did for a living. Continues to bang on my windows and stuff, ask him to talk to him and everything. He won't talk to him. Then he blames me for the whole entire thing happening because if I had done that for a living, none of this would have happened. His exact words to me on my fake birthday that we were having because he decided last minute to tell me that he wasn't going to be there for my birthday because the fireworks in Detroit, Michigan were much more important to him than spending 
my birthday with me. He couldn't, you know, wait until the 30th to go because that, you know, was Saturday. And by then they would already be on boats and out in the middle of the ocean. And he would have missed all the fireworks, the 4th of July fireworks. God forbid. Man, those fireworks don't happen every year. So we're at the top of Ferris wheel. I think we're having a great time. We just took photo both photos together with kissing. I think we're having a joy all the time. And he goes, I've been trying to break up with you for over a year. <laughs> Wait, what? So why are we even here? Right. I'm also terrified of heights. So the fact that I am on the top of Ferris wheel is adding to my anxiety. I'm trying to break up with you for years. I don't understand. Well, I mean, how could I explain to my friends or my family? How do I explain to anyone? I don't know. For the past year and a half, two years, it's been going pretty fine. I thought we were doing pretty well. I mean, I, I don't know. I, you still let me use your car all the time. Like, I basically have your car. We share a car. No, I've been trying to break up with you for, for ages. Okay. I just don't know how I would explain you to my family. So then he continues to go back and forth with me until Christmas, at which point he does not invite me to Thanksgiving. And at which point he tells me three days before Christmas that he's not going to be there for Christmas and he's really sorry, but he's going to go see his family. My family's in Georgia. It would have been nice to know two weeks ago, so I could have bought a plane ticket. How did it make you feel when he said he couldn't explain you to... I asked him out on Instagram. There was no hiding what I did. And I was working in a clothing store for minimum wage, like, bajillions of hours a day. I'd already quit everything, like, a year and a half ago. How do you explain it to your family? I don't know. Hi, this is Ashley. She's a master's student in psychology, and she works at a clothing store. Yeah. If they Googled me, that's on them. I've been there, and I think that we're meant to be besties because I think we can really talk to each other about things and really relate to each other. And it's kind of a blessing in disguise, these men that aren't meant for us, but we learn you know, I just wanted to respond with, how do I explain to my family you're an executive chef who wants to be super famous but doesn't want to work more than an 80-hour week, and I work more than an 80-hour week when I'm modeling, and you're too exhausted. So basically, I still work harder than you. Your daddy's paying your fucking rent. Exactly. You've lost your job three times since I've known you. And your dad just paid for all your vacations and is taking you on a cruise to Aruba because you shouldn't be here looking for a job, but now you're going to go be a caterer. Chef, because what, it was just too hard to kick it as the executive? Exactly. And that's my whole point of wanting to have different girls from the I've connected with, from this world that's like this underground world that's really, um, like it exists, and it exists all throughout the world, but people don't really talk about it because it's like taboo. But the thing is, it's like what you're telling me right now, you weren't doing that world, you were having this quote-unquote regular job, and it still wasn't enough. So it's like this whole thing that comes with this work is like when you finally quote-unquote give in and you do the normal nine-to-five and whatever, you still get judged. And so it's like when you do this work online, what you see is what you get. This is what I'm doing. If you don't like it, then don't look at it. It's fine. And in my opinion, it's like the way that social media works now and platforms. 
we have now taken more control to where I'm not working with creepy photographers anymore. I'm in my garage studio. Oh, no, that really upset him. Or my house making cute little shoots and all this and sexy shoots. I'm doing it, and I'm taking out what took the fun out, out, of, it. out of it, which was these creepy dudes trying to get their creepy shots or trying to get laid. And it's like that's not what it's about. This is about creating that fantasy, creating that world for people who just want to check out and just be lost in it for a little bit, and they're willing to pay for it. It's very simple. I'm not doing anything wrong. Also, the fact that like he's like, oh, and then I log on, and it says, go follow my OnlyFans. How do I explain that to my friends and family? <clears throat> there are people who do fitness on OnlyFans. There are people who... There's a girl who reads literature in her... Underwear. Old English literature in her underwear. Who makes the shit telling me? More power to you, man. You found your following. There's some guy out there who wants to pay you, but I've been or I can go make remedial food at a catering company. I can go work at that stupid store again and work twelve hour shifts where I don't get lunch breaks. That sounds great. I can do this and it's fun. I like being fun. Yeah. Or I can go blow balloons up and pop them in my face and laugh really hard about it later. <laughs> or get pied in the face. I'm not putting chocolate syrup up my shrine, though. Exactly. And with that being said, this has been an awesome show. Where can people find you online if they want to connect with you? You can go to OnlyFans. It's the Ashgram. Um, you can go to pretty much everything's the Ashgram. So there's Twitch, OnlyFans, Twitter, Facebook. God, there's so many of these days. Am I missing anything? Did I miss something? AshleyGrahamFetish.com. Um, I think that's it. All right. Off the top of my hand. And it's T-H-E-A-S-H-G-R-A-H-A-M. One day I'm going to get the hang of that spelling. <laughs> and it's Ashley with two E's. Yeah, no E-Y, two E's. Ashley. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being on Shelly Live, and thank you, Danielle, for being on here, my co-host. She looks really cute, guys. So do you. Everybody looks I know. Really cute. I feel like we're going to Easter church. So, church? No way. They would throw us out. What are you kidding yeah. me? I still feel like throw it. us out. But what we're going to do for sure is take a picture yeah. for Instagram for yeah. you guys. <laughs> thank you so much, and this has been a very eye-opening Come on. And my hair looks super cute. It does. Yes. We're going to take pictures right now. And your hair is super cute. And sorry, I did it. <laughs> I did. So take credit. Are you saying sorry because you're being boastful? Oh, no, she yeah. did it. She's awesome. <laughs> Thank right. you guys for having me. Totally. Yes, absolutely. And, and we're going to go to commercial break, and we'll be right back. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts also include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Prisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Wirt. 
VSC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, and In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. Both shows take callers live during the show, and recent guests have included General Adnan, Tito Santana, Haku, Earl Hebner, Dangerous Danny Davis, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Brodus Clay, and so many more. Archived free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOCNation. This is Matt Hardy, and you are listening to the VOC Nation. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists, and more. We have excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. Since 2012, HIAC Talk Radio has been bringing you the best of independent wrestling and wrestling on the worldwide scale with interviews and other segments now featuring the wrestling historian with Craig Lagan every Thursday night at 6 p.m. at VOCNation.com or go to your Android or iPhone and type in VOC Nation Radio Network and subscribe to the greatest wrestling podcast network in the world. Listen to HIAC Wrestling Podcast today. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, who you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer The Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact. Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez. And former Philly radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling With History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern. And, of course, In The Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. And, by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOC Nation. Wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. The morning after, right here on the VOC Nation Radio Network, Brady Hicks and... Homeboy Rap Boy here. I tell you what, we got a good show right here in the afternoon at 12 o'clock. Eastern Standard Time on the VOC Nation. Talking wrestling, football, news, whatever's going on in the world today. VOCNation.com. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Welcome back. You're listening to Shelly Live here on the VOC Nation. What do you guys think? Great interview, right? I just love it's like the girl talk. A girl talk of the fetish world, etc. 
Well, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I tweeted out that I was going to be taking your calls after the break. I even put an extra commercial break in there just in case anyone wanted to get through. But it looks like I don't have any callers because uh, I don't know why. (laughs) I was going to say because I'm a loser and I suck. But I don't suck and I'm not a loser. Here's the thing. Sometimes it's appropriate to, like, say self-deprecating jokes, but I hate when people, like, that's how their comedy is. Like, that's all they do is have self-deprecating jokes. Not that I do, typically, so I guess it would have been okay and maybe a little ha-ha-he-he funny for me to make that without making it a uh, point that I don't do that. But um, I don't know. It just felt not me. (laughs) So here I am making it more awkward for all of us. Anyways, um, thank you guys so much for joining me. I will be continuing this new series that I came up with today called The Mind of a Fetish Model. I will be having some more gals on here, just working out some scheduling. So stay tuned for that. But until then, I will be here next week on VOC Nation. Same bat time, same bat channel. You want to make sure to go over to my OnlyFans and my Secret Society because there's lots of really awesome stuff going on over there. On yesterday, I had a live stream with my premium OnlyFans page. I wore my new Wonder Woman outfit. Thank you very much. And then afterwards, I filmed a really fun video. Oh, my goodness. So this is what I did. It's for my Shelly TV page. So... Last week, I did my Manic Monday video, and in it, when I was editing it, I was like, dude, I've seen the word like so many times. What's that about? Ugh. Even in this interview, I said it a lot. But uh, I decided it'd be kind of cool to do a video for my Shelly TV page uh, with watching that video, and every time I say the word like, I took a hit from my bong. So it was real interesting last night. I got it done <laughs> after my live stream. So I'm going to be editing editing that later today along with some rewards for my higher tier on my Secret Society, which is my Bite Club. Shout out to you, fellas. And, um, yeah, just like the stuff I shot on, sun, on Sunday is up on both pages. If you want to check them out, just go to Shelly's links, S-H-E-L-L-Y-S-L-I-N-K-S. Dot com, and you can find everything. It says ShellyMartinez.net, my secret society, my OnlyFans, all of my Instagram, Shelly TV. It's all there. Your one-stop link spot for all things Shelly Martinez. All right, you guys. I'm going to get out of here. It's Taco Tuesday. Happy Taco Tuesday. You bet your boots I'll be posting my tacos later. I'm probably having a taco salad, though. A little carbon, a little bit, you know? All right, until next week, I'm Shelly from Cali. This is Shelly Live on VOC Nation. And guess what? I'll be smelling you later. Adios.